of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Again, happy nativity to all of you. Um, of course, today we celebrate the birth of Christ, and in the readings that we read today, we see that there are two different types of people and how they responded whenever they heard of the news of the incarnation of the Lord, the birth of Christ. We read about how the shepherds, when they heard of uh, the birth of Christ and they saw the, the miracle of the angels that proclaimed this news to them that they were excited and they sought to go into the city and to find this that had been proclaimed to them. We see also the example of the wise men who after seeing the star in the sky were willing to travel for several years to get to the place that, um, that the star was leading them also so they could see the birth of Christ. And these two groups, they came because of their joy. They came wanting to offer. The three wise men, for instance, they came and they offered gifts to the Lord. Uh, the third person who heard about the birth of Christ, however, was Herod. And when he heard uh, about it through, and, and he spoke to the wise men, he said to them, go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. But we know, of course, that this was not his true motive. He did not want to worship the Lord. When he heard about the Lord, he wanted to destroy him. He saw the Lord as a competition for him, the one who would come to be king, to take all of the authority away from him so that he himself would no longer have a place. And so because he felt threatened, he did not feel at all that he was in need of Christ or in need of salvation, but instead he saw Christ as his enemy, and he immediately from the time that he heard of him, his birth, he sought to destroy him. And so we see that people come to Christ maybe for different reasons. Um, people, the idea of worshiping God for different reasons. And we want to just speak briefly about that today. The first reason why someone would search for Christ, which is the exact reason that we mentioned here with Herod, which is to attack him, which is to try to blaspheme him, which is try to diminish him, that someone would mention the name of Christ in a way that is unfitting of him because they mock him, because they insult him. In Exodus 20 verse 7, it says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Someone who uses the name of God or the concept of God in a wicked and twisted way in, in, in order to attack him, in order to attack believers, in order to diminish them, and to represent them as being delusional or being bad in some way. This is one reason people might mention God or speak about God or come to Christ for that reason. Another reason someone might come to Christ is for the fulfillment of their selfish pleasures. Some people um, seek out God because they want him to bless them. They want God to give them the desires of their heart to make them feel whatever it is that they are seeking is within their grasp. But St. James, when he was speaking about this, he said in, in James chapter 4, You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. He's saying the reason that you, you do not receive what you ask for from God is because you are not seeking with good motives. You are not seeking for something that is good. You are not seeking the will of God. You are not trying to find something that is edifying to you, but instead you are seeking something that you will, you will spend it and waste it on your pleasures, even in a sinful way, in a wasteful way. So when the people come to God and they say, God, why do you not answer my prayers? Well, St. James here, he says, you do not receive because you ask amiss. Maybe people are coming to God thinking that God is going to grant them absolutely everything that they desire. That if they were with God, then God is somehow promising them that they will never feel pain or suffering or sadness or loss. And the reason they are with him is because they believe that God is offering this to them. 
But of course we know that this is not a promise that God made. And some of the greatest servants of God all throughout history, whether in the scripture or otherwise, experience great hardship in their life and, and persecution for the sake of their own faith. They were not shielded from this, but God used this actually for his glory and he rewarded them for their patience. So maybe the people who are coming to God seeking their selfish pleasure is another reason why people come to him. Another, another reason why people might come to God for the wrong motivation is to seek material things. In John 6:27, it says, Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Is our focus even in seeking God, again, is it to seek the spiritual things or is it to seek the material things? Even as when we come to the church, what is it that is our focus? What is it that our motivation? How much in our life do we focus on the spiritual things, the invisible things, the things that we do in private when we are alone and how we spend our time with God versus spending time only to seek the material things in the world, to seek success that is in the world? What is it that how we use our time? Do we use it for the spiritual or do we use it for the material? Another reason people might come to Christ is because they want him to justify their own actions. Christ, he, um, he criticized the Pharisees who are always justifying themselves and using the command of God to justify themselves in front of the people and in front of the Lord. And he says here, the Lord says, and he said to them, you are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts for what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Those people who come to Christ, not with the attitude of the wise men, not with the attitude of the shepherds, but they come to him because they want to justify themselves. They want to show and demonstrate that they are righteous. And they want to demonstrate to the world that they are righteous. And they use the word of God as a justification for their own righteousness. Not they feel that they are subject to it or they are submitting to it or that it is a mirror and a lens that they use to look in themselves and to be humbled and to repent. But instead they use it as a way of justification that they justify all of their actions. Another reason why someone might seek God is because they want God to destroy their enemies. Um, we see an example of this when, when James and John felt offended by a group of people and they asked the Lord and they said, what Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? They're seeking this from Christ. They're saying, do you want us to call down fire? Do you want, are you going to give us the power to call down fire from heaven to destroy those people who are enemies? Maybe sometimes we think of God this way, that if God is with us, then he is going to trample and destroy every person in this world that stands up against us, that, that harasses us, that offends us, that causes us trouble. Surely we ask God for his, for his help. Surely we ask God to protect us from evil. But it doesn't mean that God's response every time is going to be that he completely destroys everyone who bothers us. Because God actually wants their own repentance as well. That God is patient with them just as God is patient with us. So maybe another wrong reason why some people seek God is because they want him to do for them to destroy their enemies for them. Another uh, reason people seek God is because they want to have some kind of emotional experience. They believe that the relationship with God is all about a feeling of euphoria, a feeling of happiness, a feeling of constant 
um, happiness that we feel all the time, of excitement, of, of kind of feeling like we are above the world. And certainly there are times as believers where maybe we feel this, where maybe we feel like touched by the, the grace of the Holy Spirit and we feel the, like the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in us and this gives us great joy in the moment. But this is not in the long run what is it that we as Christians should be expecting? To be constantly feeling excited, to be constantly feeling very emotional about our relationship with God all the time. We see actually in the parable of the sower, when the Lord is speaking about the seed that fell on the stony places, it says, but he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. This person, whenever they have an experience with God, they're very, very excited, very joyful in the moment, but they don't have perseverance. They don't have the, what it takes to, to keep going and to persevere and to, and to endure to the very end. And so this experience that they have with God is very temporary. And when they lose this feeling, they turn away from God completely. They stop praying completely. They stop serving completely. They stop like trying to do anything for God at all because they do not have anymore those strong emotions that they had at the beginning. So again, maybe this is a wrong reason why people seek God. They think that seeking God is going to bring them this strong emotional response um, all the time. Another reason people might seek the Lord is because they want Him to do signs and wonders, miracles. The people who have no relationship with God most of the time, until there is some catastrophe, some emergency, some urgent situation, some very difficult situation that they're in, and they turn to God for the first time in prayer at this moment, seeking some kind of miracle, something that is beyond like what, what is, is reasonable to be done. Some, they just want God to do some kind of miracle for them. And even in the scripture, when the people asked uh, Christ to do miracles, he responded and he said, an evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign and no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. He's saying, you should not be coming just to seek miracles. Right? What if God wants us to endure a certain situation, wants us to live through a certain situation, and it is through this actually that we find salvation. It is through some, some kind of difficult trial that God wants us to endure. Through this is where we find salvation. Not that it's just removed. It doesn't mean that it's wrong for us to ask God to remove difficulties from our lives. But again, what is it that I'm expecting of Him? Do I only come to Him when I want Him to do a miracle? Do I only come to him when I want him to walk on water? When I want him to multiply the, the loaves and the fish to feed the 5,000? Is this the only time I have any relationship with God? Or do I come to him daily on a daily basis, whether or not I have a difficult situation or not? The last reason I'll mention of why people might come to Christ is because it is socially acceptable. We who live in a Christian community, who live in a community where there are certain things that are expected of us to do, like we are expected to go to church, we're expected to fast, we're expected to pray, we're expected to do things. Maybe sometimes we start doing things because that is expected. Not because we are doing as a true worship to God, but we are doing it because we want to be seen and we want to fulfill the expectations of the people who are around us. An example of this is the parents of the man born blind. These parents, of course, they knew that his son, their son was blind and they knew that the Lord had cured him miraculously to give him his sight. But when the Pharisees said that anyone who acknowledges that this man, that this miracle actually happened and the Lord actually healed him from his blindness will be put out of the synagogue. This is what the, the Pharisees said. And so the parents, instead of being uh, honest and bold and declaring the truth of what it is that they knew for sure had happened, they 
didn't want to give an answer. And it says, His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was the Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Again, this is maybe an example of someone who is not very, um, not, not, not doing things for the right reasons. They're not doing it because this is the truth. They're not, they're not declaring it because this is the truth. They're declaring it only whatever people around them expect them to say or expect them to do. So again, maybe the reason that they are even in the synagogue at all is because they just want the social acceptance. They don't want to be rejected or put out. So these are some of the negative reasons that we mentioned of why people would seek Christ, would seek God for the wrong motives, to indulge themselves, seeking signs and wonders only for social acceptance, to, to seek for him, from Him the things that are selfish and um, the se their own selfish pleasures. What should be the true motives? You know, what should be the true motives? I mean, we are celebrating the birth of Christ, the greatest gift to mankind, who came to us, whom God the Father sent to us, as a gift to us for our salvation. We shouldn't go to him and ask him for the things that are common, the things that are unnecessary, the things like we have an opportunity with him. We have an opportunity being in him, living in him, and him living with us. We should seek union with him. He came to earth for our salvation, for our forgiveness, to die on our behalf. We should seek to be united with him. We should seek to obey him. We should seek his forgiveness and to be reconciled with him. We have an opportunity here while we are on the earth that God has given us this greatest of gifts. And, and how is it that we think about it? What is it that we do on a daily basis? How do we, how do we remember that the Lord has actually incarnated for our behalf? How do we remember? How do we celebrate really not just on a feast day like today, but how do we celebrate on a daily basis in our own life the incarnation of Christ, the incarnation of Christ in me, of, of, of how is it that I would seek and orient my life to remember and to celebrate and to take advantage of this great gift that God has given us? Am I submitting myself to the will of God? Am I seeking to pray to God on a daily basis? Am I seeking the presence of God and to obey Him and to know His will and to live according to His commandments? These are all things that God is offering us. He says, this door is open for you. Come and walk through this door and have a life with me and union with me and eternal life um, forever. This is the reasons why we should seek Christ. This is the reasons why when we hear of Him, we should run to Him. We should go to Him. And we are, we are blessed because we don't have to travel a far distance in order to find Him like the wise men. We don't have to go and try to seek Him like the shepherds. He is inside of us. He is with us all the time. All we have to do is look inside to find Him there and to seek Him and to seek to please Him and to do what it is that He asks us to do for our own benefit. So again, it, today is the Feast of Nativity that we all celebrate the coming of Christ. May we celebrate it not just in the church, but also in our own hearts to seek Christ and to find Him and to be in union with Him for this coming year that we find ourselves blessed and joyful all the time. And glory be to God forever. Amen.